you hear that sound? That is the sound of the waves crashing against a bay. But it's not just any bay. It's a Baywatch. Because this is a Baywatch podcast. In fact, this is Baywatch Rookie School, a podcast where two men who have never watched Baywatch before try and watch Baywatch. I'm Michael Eisen. And I'm Morgan Thrapp. And uh, Michael, it's a special episode again. That's right. We're finally done with season two. I thought you could say this show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's a few years no, no, out. We are we are stuck in this podcast for all of eternity. Well, I mean, given the amount of like offshoots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we just we just found out this week that there's like a Netflix sort of parody of it. And then there's a softcore porn parody of it. Like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. Like, of course, we got, we're going to have to like every week go on X videos and like watch this week's softcore <laughs> porn and then talk about it and rate it on a scale mm-hmm. of one to ten. Exactly. Um, but listen, if wait, 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 you're listening to this episode and you want to sponsor us, we don't have to watch it on X videos. There's Pornhub, there's X Hamster, there's Beeg, except they suck now. There's RedTube, there's YouPorn. Really, any of these sites could sponsor us. I know these names better than I know. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck, what's the... Uh, damn it, I committed to the bit before remembering what the bit I, it's was. It's better than we know... Is it each other? I I feel like it was no. something like my grandmother's face or something. Oh, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And also you threw in other sites that he didn't. Um, but all accurate takes on the state of these porn sites. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I don't know how that's possible because uh, as has been established on the canon of this podcast, You're I've literally never been literally never been horny before. <laughs> and so why would I know the name of any porn sites? Also, <laughs> I, I, I don't I think it's only this off this porn parody is only on X video. This at least the only ones oh. I saw. So they would have to be the one that sponsor us. And they are All an right. offshoot of Pornhub because they don't have the same restrictions. Mm. Right, because Pornhub a while back had that whole issue where they just removed like a billion things from their platform because they're like, mm-hmm. we only want sponsored talent, uh, and it's like, what? Uh, well, it was partially that, and it was partially that they were hosting content from people as young as fourteen in some cases because oh. they weren't verifying who was posting on their platform. Oh, well, that will do it. Yes. Uh, um, so, yeah, that's why they cracked down significantly on all of their content, which I mean, like, to be clear, did end up hurting a lot of innocent sex workers, which sure. sucks. Um, but, yeah, no, that was that was the reasoning behind it. Yeah. Well, you know, I do want to thank everybody not for coming to Baywatch Rookie School, but for Baywatch <laughs> Nookie School. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I struggled to finish that. <laughs> I w- I've been thinking about well, Lip Biscuit, so I thought of yeah. you know, doing it for the Nookie. And yeah, 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 yeah. Why have you been thinking about Limp Biscuit? I want to interrogate that because of. Did you see that Fred Durst post? No. Okay, so Fred Durst completely like changed. Okay, I'm gonna show you what Fred Durst looks like now. Okay, like you have an image in your mind of what Fred Dur- Fred Durst looks like, right? Uh, vaguely, yeah. Yeah. Well, here's what he looks like now. Oh. Huh. Yeah. That is a choice of facial hair. Yeah. My God. Yeah. Uh, but he looks wow. like... Wow. 
different. And so they're like doing the reunion. They're doing this like reunion, I guess, tour or something like that. So they played at Lollapalooza. Huh. And now they immediately canceled everything because their bass player got COVID. Uh, and they're like, we don't mm. we don't fuck with COVID. And I was like, whoa, new Good. metal. Are you woke? <laughs> <laughs> like uh, pff, new this is- metal, more like new strain of coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> That's so dumb. I love it. Well, you know, they're not the best new metal band because we all know the best new metal band is Vanilla Ice. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you can't tell, uh, we do want to talk about anything but this episode. Uh, Nope. Uh, but let's actually talk about this episode because this is season two, episode 22. The last episode of season two is called Summer of 85. Uh, mm-hmm. Not the Brian Adams song. That's Summer of 69. Nice. Um, this is the Summer of 85. And it's not the Ween song, Freedom of 76, because that's Freedom mm. of 76. But it, it, <laughs> but it is based off of the movie Summer of 42. Oh, I didn't even know that was a movie. During his summer vacation on Nantucket Island in 1942, because this takes place in Nantucket, this episode, Mm -hmm. a youth eagerly awaiting his first sexual encounter finds himself developing an innocent love for a young woman awaiting news on her her soldier husband's fate in World War II. Mm. It's from the mid-70s. Well, I guess that's a perfect lead in. So this episode was written and directed by Michael Burke. And this is the first episode he's directed for this show. Um, He'll direct like seven episodes, but he based it from what I can tell. It sounds like it's based off of Summer of 42. There seems to be a lot of similarities there uh, with that movie. But who knows? Uh, Yeah. So. Uh, two things before we talk about guest stars. First off, mm-hmm. this is the first episode of Baywatch where David Hasselhoff does not appear at all. Yeah, yeah, I was noticing that when we got to the end of the episode. It's weird for the season two closer to not have him. Yeah, it really is. It it feels so much like this episode was never intended to be the closer of the season. Agreed, agreed. Um, though, I mean, it does, like, Eddie and Shawnee are, like, yeah, are like true. the main people. David Hasselhoff's yeah. the main person, but it's also they're all. Yeah. It's a it, there's three protagonists. There's three main protagonists mm-hmm. in this show, and it does end on them. And I do feel like that's important. I guess, but yeah, it is weird. Um, now, let's do our goodbyes, Morgan. Yeah, this is the final series and podcast appearance of Tom McTeague as Harvey. Thank fucking God. Yep, I do not want this person in front of my eyes ever again. Um, no. This is also the last credit, not appearance. Well, I mean, we already had the last appearance, but this is the last credit for Captain Thorpe. Um, mm. But I should add that the character of Captain Thorpe will come back in this podcast if we do the Baywatch movie. Because ah. he is in the 2017 movie, and he is played by Rob Hubel. Okay. Which is a weird casting choice, but I dig it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah, no more Captain Thorpe on this show. Womp. 
and no more Harvey. Uh, Morgan, will, yes. you, will you will you miss Harvey at all? Not in the fucking slightest. <laughs> the entire time I was watching this episode, I was like, oh, thank fucking God. This is the last time we have to see him. Yeah. Yeah. Like he he he's supposed to be comic relief and there's no relief Ugh. nor comic. No, there really isn't. Yeah. Uh, guest stars. Let's talk about guest stars. Mm-hmm. First up, we have Robert Gavin, who plays 15-year-old Eddie. 15-year-old Eddie. He is mm-hmm. credited for three things. An appearance okay. in a movie about pirate radio called Pump Up the Volume. Uh, okay. He appeared in every episode of the one-season 1991 remake of the 1974 show Land of the Lost. Do you know about this show? Not at all. It's a show where a family is trapped in a dinosaur-dominated world and have to survive it. Um, so, it's, huh. but how do you think they got to the dinosaur world? Because okay, so let's establish uh, they're not born in the dinosaur world. They end okay, up in the okay. dinosaur world. How do you think they okay. got there? Ooh man! Uh, and what's the name of the show again? Land of the Lost. Fuck, that's not helpful at all. Nope. Um. <laughs> um I'm going to say that they stole a DeLorean and instead of going 88 miles an hour, they went 72 miles an hour, which is the dinosaur number. (laughs) I will not be explaining this further. Um, You were right about one part, which is there is a car involved, Uh, but it's just that they were driving a car and the car fell into a pit and then it closes behind them. Okay. And now they're in a dinosaur land that has three moons. Um, the intro oh. th- th- to the show is just like they're they're singing about it, and you're just like see this like pit close on you're like what? And they're like now they're in a land with three moons, and you're like wait what? <laughs> what the fuck? And there's animatronics everywhere, um, and Nickelodeon reran this show in the mid '90s for two years. Oh wow, which is a year longer than it even aired. So that's hmm. funny to me. Um, yeah, but yeah, you should look up a trailer for us. It's great. Um, it's probably not great, but it's great. Probably not. No, but that's kind of our brand. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, uh, next up, Tony Basil plays Rosalind. You may know uh, Tony Basil as a singer and writer of the song Mickey. You know, hey, Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. Oh, my oh, hey, Mickey. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. Rosalind, the the fortune tellers episode is played by her. Oh, yeah, that's wild. It's truly weird casting. It's wild. Yeah. Uh, Now, we just watched Morgan. I just watched Teen Witch the other week. Um, Yes. How would you say this fortune teller compares to that fortune teller? Oh, God, the one in Teen Witch is so much better. Yes. Yes, she is. She's having so much more fun with it. Yes. Yes, she is. Um. Mm-hmm. Now, and Teen Witch also doesn't use the slur for Romani. No, so it doesn't. <laughs> a nice thing that this episode failed at. Uh, yes, yes, it does not. Um, I mean, it, it's weird because like, I uh, was this is. Oh wait, uh, I don't think I put when this aired. Uh, but you know, it was a week, <laughs> a week after the last episode. <laughs> 
so this would have been May 18th, 1992. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me put that in my notes in case one day I'm like, when did this episode air? Uh, right? So I, I save all of my notes. Same. And I, I don't know what I'm ever going to do with them. But if the Library of Congress ever wants to get in touch, you can have them. Well, if someone ever does need to do an interview about Baywatch, I'll be like, I can look through my notes and I have all these notes. Yeah. And if I need to refer to them for a different episode, then great. Um, True. And also, it's just fun to look back on this when we're like 200 episodes in and be like, what was I writing? Um, <laughs> you know, back then. Um but anyways, during this time, uh, Tony Basil was doing choreography for, uh, if you want to call a biopic, a biopic, I don't care. I called it, I call, mm-hmm. do you have opinions on this? I'm a biopic guy. I'm a biopic guy. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, that's just, I like it Let's better. call the whole thing off. <laughs> <laughs> which part, which thing? <laughs> Well, because biopic, biopic. What? Like the fucking tomato, tomato. Let's call the whole thing off. The old fucking song. You know what I'm talking about? Well, I know. You don't know that song? I know tomato, tomato, but not let's call the whole thing off. Hang on. It's, uh, it's a Fred Astaire song from 1937. Well, you know me. That's my favorite year of music. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know the song. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, uh, their whole thing is that... Is it, um, is it to the tune of Put It on the Ritz? No, it's not. Ah. Um, but the whole thing is that Fred Astaire and the other person are singing to each other about how they pronounce a bunch of words differently, and then the chorus is, let's call the whole thing off. Which I think I'm singing out of tune, but whatever, it doesn't matter. It was a stupid bit. I wouldn't know. On. <laughs> well, anyways, it was a bioa. Of <laughs> of Frank Sinatra. We'll just, call it a, we'll just call it a BP or British Petroleum for short. Mm, yeah, that's what that means. Um, <laughs> of of Frank Sinatra, the king of BP. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, very different uh, from this show, uh, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Maybe this is like maybe Frank Sinatra would have wanted to be in Baywatch, even though he was still alive and didn't want to. Um, <laughs> uh, next up is. Uh, Rod, uh, the character of Roger, who is played by John Mayer. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, that's Michael John Mayer. Ah, uh, uh, that's the entire <laughs> joke. Um, don't worry, I have okay. like six more jokes here. But that was that entire <laughs> joke. After this, he would go on to be in a movie called Centerfold, which is about nude modeling, and he plays mm. a character which is just tailor made for Morgan Thrapp. Can oh. you guess this? He doesn't play a nude model, but he has the name oh. of like a weird sleazy porno guy. Can you make a okay. guess? Um, there is like a lot of ball sack. No, but you're thinking right that there is like a a sex pun or not pun, oh, but God. like a, a sex part of the name, <laughs> a sex part <laughs> to your name, <laughs> the sex part of the name. Oh yeah, that's like the middle name. It's first sex yeah. and last. Yeah, yeah. You've got your first name. You've got your family name. You've got your sex name. Yeah. Um, your sex name is your favorite soda. Um, <laughs> what? Um, My sex name is Safeway Safeway brand grapefruit juice? What? <laughs> Wait, 
wait, hold on. Hold on. You're going to sit here and tell me that your favorite soda no, is it's grapefruit the, juice? No. Well, back <laughs> as a kid, my favorite soda was um, because the Safeway grapefruit juice is just cheap 7-Up, right? Oh, okay. But they label it as grapefruit juice uh, because they're like, we can't call it 7-Up. It's going to sound healthier. Mm-hmm. Uh, my actual favorite is ginger ale. Um Ooh, I do love a good ginger ale. If, if um, well, we're talking about ginger ale, yes. Well, we're talking about off-brand sodas. Yes, I one of my favorite things in the entire world is off-brand names for Mountain Dew. Ooh, okay, go on. Um, my favorite, I think personally, is Doctor Thunder. Oh yeah, which that's is a great I, one. I believe is the Shoprite brand, maybe. Okay, but, wait. Um, let me interrupt you and tell you the only mm-hmm. reason I know about Doctor Thunder. Yes, this is a very early 2000s thing. Back Ooh, I'm in the, so excited. Back in the early 2000s, web comics were just a new thing, right? Yep, um, I remember. And the first ever web comic that I know of that uh, did sprite-based web comics mm-hmm. um, was there's this Super Mario Brothers fan site uh, that okay. had a section called the nc which was the neglected characters and they did this comic and i'm going to paste here in the chat i have a lot of old comics saved from them um but here's an example of what this stuff would look wow right this is early early 2000s yeah yeah um you know and if you look at like the artwork here for example you can see like uh yeah they were that that didn't load. Oh, there it is. There it is. Uh, yeah, it just does. It's area of its time. And yeah. they had a random character, which was just a can of Dr. Thunder that would come in. Mm. And all of a sudden, Dr. Thunder would come in and just kick the absolute shit out of someone. And, and then they, Mario would, like, start praying to the Dr. Thunder can. And so Dr. Thunder became God. And I was like, I don't know what Dr. Thunder is. And this is like early Internet. So I I, I didn't have Google. There was like um, you Alta Vista it. I think I Yahoo searched it. Ooh, maybe. fancy. Or like ask, ask Jeeves. My <laughs> for some reason, I remember thinking I having some prejudice against ask Jeeves. I don't hmm. I don't remember why. I just I, I could not tell you. Yeah. So. Uh, I did. I did some sort of search for Doctor Thunder, and there was like no Wikipedia either. So it's like I don't. Mm. The, so it's just like you get a web, you get like an article about Doctor Thunder, and I was still more confused. So it's only till recently that I remembered this. So I was going through some old images, and I saw a Doctor Thunder one, and I was like, Oh yeah, Doctor Thunder! <laughs> it's like Mountain Dew, right? And somehow I just picked up via osmosis that they're the same thing. Huh? Yeah. But anyways, tell me um, some other Mountain yeah. Dew offshoots. <laughs> uh, God, I'm trying to remember some of the other ones. Um, I don't. I don't even remember now. Uh, we should <laughs> nurse we should, lightning. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We should get out of our many layers deep tangent and uh, finish talking about the guest stars. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Morgan, you never gave me a, de- a, a guess for the sex name. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, uh, Butthole Jones. Uh, no, it's Dick Greco. 
Oh, all right. All right. Yeah, I like it. Um, That's a good one. Yeah. He was also in a movie called Not Another Mistake. Here is the plot. Straker, played by Richard Norton, (laughs) a Vietnam vet with a chip on his shoulder since his wife and daughter were killed in a home invasion. (laughs) Great start. Oh. He is then recruited to go back to Vietnam to rescue some POWs slash MIAs, including one commander. Figuring he has nothing to lose, he accepts the mission. Um, it looks like basically offshoot Rambo. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that totally makes sense for him. He's got the look of an offshoot Rambo. Yeah. Yeah, but he's not the main character. So. True. He doesn't play the, I don't even know what he plays in it. Um, oh. Now, last, uh, we have Michelle Burke, who plays Lorna Cosgrove. Yes, Michael Burke's wife plays the main character of this episode. Oh! Yeah. That makes wow, this weirder. that is so much weirder. Want me to make it weirder? But, yes, absolutely. Her only acting credits ever are this and then another episode of Baywatch. That feels like it makes sense. She wasn't especially good in no, the episode. She was there's one scene specifically I have burned into my brain from this episode that's very, very bad. Um But uh yeah, it makes it weird that the guy who wrote and directed this episode, uh the first time he directs an episode, uh it's the episode where his wife does something. We'll explain what those things are in a Yeah, well we'll get to it. Uh but suffice it to say, uh it's bad. And it revisits one of our least favorite topics that Baywatch keeps hitting on. Uh, the homeless? No, uh, <laughs> statutory rape. <laughs> well, you didn't need to spoil it. Uh, <laughs> uh, actually, you know what? You should spoil it. Morgan, take us into the episode. Yes, let's. So, yeah, it's the final episode of the season, and we are starting it off in classic Baywatch fashion with some cheesecake because there is a modeling shoot going on on the beach where women in bikinis are rubbing oil on themselves and Harvey is spying on them. And then Eddie comes by and they talk about how this was all predicted by Harvey's fortune teller, uh, Rosalind or Rosaline. Rosalind. Um, Rosalind. Yeah, you were right the first time. Uh, I have it written down wrong. In the rest of my notes, so we'll see what name I say. Mm, um, <laughs> um, but that Harvey was about to get oiled up and there was going to be an oil spill or something. I forget what it was, but yeah. it it was stupid and I hated it. Yep. Um, <laughs> so then basically Harvey and Eddie talk about Rosalind and then that's it. Um, and then we get some parasailing. Whoa, 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 um, whoa, whoa. You got, do you remember what her next prediction for Harvey was? Oh, that he was going to have a rainbow fall out of the sky and give him gold or yes. something. Yes. Uh, I fucking hate this. Okay. Uh, God, this episode is stupid. Yes. Um, yes, it is. So, yeah, we see a parasailer. Uh, and, uh, hey, guess what? Her parasail, it's looking kind of rainbow. Um, <laughs> but, um, Shawnee is very ups- upset by this because that's illegal. Um, so Eddie takes some guards out to stop them. Did you notice that the boat 
that is driving the parasail just says parasailing on it. <laughs> it's I did not. It's like, what did you expect this boat to do? It says parasailing. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't understand why this parasailing was illegal. I don't understand why this was in the episode at all. But yeah, I think um, they, Harvey, I think they've always established parasailing as illegal. OK, so there's just no legal form of parasailing then. Not on that beach. All right. All right. I don't know about well, no legal form. of. <laughs> I don't want to make broad legal statements here in case someone wants to follow our advice. You know, to quote, <laughs> this is the perfect lead in because I wanted to, you know, to put this in somewhere. Sure. Um, with uh, Trevor Moore passing away from Wise Kids, you know. Uh, yeah. Have you seen the uh, murdering the president skit? Well, there's multiple that that describes the one. It's illegal to murder the president. That skit. Uh, probably. I watched a lot of Whitest Kids You Know as a teenager, but yep. it's been a while. So Omri's like, it's illegal to say I'm going to murder the president. I'm not saying I'm, I'm just saying that to oh, tell you. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. And, it, and it's like, but it wouldn't be illegal to say with a mortar. Uh, but it would be incredibly illegal to tell you that this is the best building to have a vantage point on and then show you schematics of it. That would be mm-hmm. illegal. So I'm not going to do that. Uh, and right. that's basically what we just did there is, look, we're not mm-hmm. we're not saying parasailing is illegal. We don't want to make any broad legal statements because it's very illegal. However, all parasailing is illegal. Listen to Morgan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, here's here's my disclaimer. I am a lawyer. I am your lawyer. And this is legal advice. <laughs> So, you know, don't parasail. <laughs> no, I know what you're um, saying. It's like, but what if I have like, you know, a, a, like a document saying I can't? No, all parasailing <laughs> is illegal. Morgan said it. Now you have to live with that. Yeah. As you know, everything you hear on the Internet must be true. This isn't the Internet. Uh, it's a netcast, isn't it? Oh, I hate that <laughs> netcast. Uh, that's a that's a joke for the old school podcast nerds. No, um, you twits. Um, I'll just accept this joke. Okay. Um, it's it's fine. It was a stupid joke. Okay. Um, and Leo Laporte is an asshole. Um, okay. I take your word. So, on yep. Uh, Eddie takes some lifeguards out on a boat. Uh, to go stop those rascally parasailers. Um, <laughs> and Harvey's Harvey's on a wave runner. Um, and then as they start to catch up to the parasailer, oh, the parachute starts to rip and the boat driver is listening to music. So he doesn't hear our parasailing friend yell for him to stop driving the boat. Uh, so she falls into the water and then Harvey goes and rescues her, and then they all get out on the boat, and uh, Harvey's like, did you notice? The parachute was kind of rainbow, so there really was a rainbow falling out of the sky, and Eddie's like, yeah, but didn't you also say something about it would lead you to gold? And then the parasailer's like, what? And Harvey's like, I wasn't, we weren't talking to you, and she's like, that's funny, because I thought I heard my name. And then Harvey's like, what's your name? And she says, Sarah Gold. And this means Rosalind was right. And then none of this matters for the rest of the episode. So 
just there's three things to be said about this. One, no it's one bad. Well, four things. <laughs> um, no one is ever just like, oh, I thought you said my last name, which is also the name of an object. Uh, yeah. No one's ever done. It's like, wow. Um, uh, so someone's like saying like, wow, it's a. Uh, it's like uh it's a black dog and they're like a black dog well my last name is black is like well no no one's talking about you <laughs> no one no one does that too uh, yeah i mean all the time all the time people are just like oh man can you believe that thrap i bought at the store the other day and i'm like what And they're like no no i'm not talking about you yeah every time i go to germany and they're talking about iron i get really confused because i think they're talking <laughs> about me because it's my last name uh, yeah it's so confusing um mm-hmm. okay so three um she doesn't even look jewish four <laughs> <laughs> i knew you'd love that one four she has a name and she yes. has lines and yet she uh-huh. is still uncredited for this episode um she's an under five what? Uh, in under five, she has less than five lines in the episode, so oh. she doesn't legally have to be given credit under SAG rules. That's you're right. You're yep. right. However, they have credited uh, a future porn star as woman who has no lines on the beach many times. So, well, you know, no one's saying Baywatch is good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we sometimes are, but most of the time we're not. Yeah. But yeah, um, Harvey's fortune came through, and my mm-hmm. note—I—I—I I, I watched part of this episode and took notes the first time through, and then continued taking notes the second time through. My first time through note was, "Oh my god, he better not fucking get laid this episode." Holy shit! I know, <laughs> right? So he doesn't. I don't mm-hmm. think. Yeah, Sarah Gold, you're better than you're better than that. You're better than that. The sex that happens in this episode is even worse. Oh yeah, it's. Actually, like six times worse. Um, Shawnee and Eddie are going to Rosalind, the fortune teller, and Eddie isn't into it, but sort of is. But then they decide to go after he grabs his ball. Um, and so yep. they go to Rosalind <laughs> and she makes a prediction about how Eddie didn't buy this. Baby no, 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 no. Before before he, we get to that, before we get to that, mm-hmm. uh, she told her. Uh, no, uh, she says Harvey told her. That they were lifeguards. One, mm-hmm. why is Harvey telling her about all his friends? This isn't a therapist appointment. This is just a fortune teller. Two, mm-hmm. um, uh, Eddie says, wouldn't you have known anyways? And your response is, oh, a skeptic, huh? Shut up. Um, what? Yes. <laughs> like, yes. that's not a response. Like, Eddie, like, I, look, I'm, I'm not super into fortune telling. Mm-hmm. Putting that aside, um, just saying, you're a skeptic, shut up and throw me a baseball, isn't really countering Eddie in any way. No. Yeah. It truly is not. Yeah. Please continue. Yes. Uh, so she's like, you didn't buy this baseball, you caught it, which like, yeah, no shit. If it was emotionally important to him, he probably didn't just buy it. Um, I, want, and- I don't know. Wah! Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it could have been like, oh, yeah, like they like 
Um, my brother, who may or may not exist anymore, Bobby, um, uh-huh. bought it for me or something. I don't know. But, yeah, yeah, you can look at that thing. And you're like, oh, no, you caught that thing. That thing's worn. That was that was a ball that was hit. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's basically it's just like, hey, standard uh, bullshit, like psychic banter for a while where they pretend that, uh, you know, psychics are real and that any of this matters. Well, she does um, get her first prediction or second prediction wrong. Um, yes. She does say it was a foul ball and he goes, no, it wasn't. It was a home run. Uh, and she goes, well, that's yep. not why you're emotionally attached to it. And I'm like, again, Rosalind, not a counter. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's it's such obvious bullshit. Right. And she also so then she starts saying, OK, well, I, I see a beach and I think you're 15 and you were happy and then you were sad. And I'm like, yeah, duh, that's how being 15 works. <laughs> like. Yeah, I don't know what you're t- look this this episode takes the like pro lifeguard message and puts it toward fortune tellers uh, because, wow, <laughs> they really needed that, you know, that pro fortune teller Baywatch boost. It was a, a suffering industry until Baywatch got to it. Yep. <laughs> um, also, the aunts are there, one of whom is Aunt Flo, um, which <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know. I thought know, about that. Too. You know. You know. You know. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, uh, maybe not the episode you want to do that in, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, but they are providing uh, color commentary the entire time. Would you call uh, it color commentary or just you know general shitty banter? Yeah, I, I would call yeah. it more like harping. Yes. Yes. Um, very Statler and Waldorf. Yes. Uh, thus bringing us back to my assertion that the that Baywatch is Muppets. Yes. Um, from, <laughs> I think season one, yeah. maybe? I think so. Um, I can't believe I remember that. Um, <laughs> sometimes. This is, some, these are the things I remember instead of important things. Sometimes. You know, that's my goal. My goal is that remember we remember jokes from this podcast better than we do our own lives. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's depressingly true. That just um, shows our our, our uh, priorities in life. God, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, Rosalind is like, you're going to meet your first true love soon. Oh, wait, uh, oh, wait. Also before that, uh, mm-hmm. she, the, the way she gets to this is she touches his hand and then says, mm-hmm. oh, we should finish in private. And Eddie says oh, yeah. a blatant lie, which is we don't keep secrets from each other. Um, yeah. yeah okay, you, Eddie. Yeah, you do. There's been at least mm-hmm. four or five episodes where you've kept secrets from her. Yeah. He keeps secrets from her this fucking episode. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Um, like, come on. Yeah. Um, so she predicts that Eddie's going to run into his first love. Um, and Shawnee's pissed about it, and Eddie's like, fuck you, you're wrong. Uh, and she's like, I don't know, sometimes I'm wrong, you don't have to pay me. And the aunts are like, what about $25, or even 15 Uh, but Eddie and Shawnee leave without paying. Yeah, it seems like a um, bad business model. Right? Because she's... Especially 
You know, yeah. Especially when the whole thing's a scam anyway, so, like, right. fucking what do you care? She she tells them, I only can tell you what I feel, not what you want to hear. And I'm like, whoa, because as a fortune teller, the whole way you make money is you tell people what they want to hear. Um, mm-hmm. Or literally what they don't want to hear and then tell them something else so that they hear something good. Um, you don't just get money by being like, so, yeah, a kid came in the other day and I was like, hey, 10 year old, you have cancer. I just felt it. Pay me. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't work. <laughs> Instead, what works, you'd be like, hey, 10 year old, lollipops. Yay! <laughs> like, that's how this works. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Um, but once, uh, once Eddie realizes that Rosalind's predictions are uh, bullshit, he goes to be depressed on the beach for a while where he sees a ship. Uh, and because of this, and seeing a vague silhouette that is clearly painting, uh, he has a flashback to when he met his first love, um, and the ball is how he met her, because he's playing catch with his friend, and the ball rolls over to Lorna, who, I gotta say, pretty fucking hot. Like, not gonna lie. Um, Oh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the point. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching I was watching this episode with two of my friends uh, and uh, when she came on screen, my one friend yelled milf alert. I mean, um, yeah, that's so that's the entire yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Like like the entire point is like, I mean, th- th- this episode, I almost said this episode works. This episode does not work. <laughs> uh, this episode only no. f- only functions on the predication mm-hmm. that uh, Eddie, Eddie is, I don't want to, Eddie is verbin with some, with some hot milfs. Oh, God. That's an upsetting statement. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes. Um, I, I'm, yeah. I just took He's, a shower uh, and now I need another one. <laughs> Forget about Milf Island, Eddie's Milf vibin'. Um, <laughs> Oh, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, so she's uh, painting the landscape in front of her, and she was the one on the ship before this flashback started. We think. And Eddie is. We think. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Uh, um, okay, yeah. She is. Um, because Baywatch uh, it doesn't understand anything other than the most basic of setup payoff. Um and Eddie is incredibly fucking horny for her, uh, and she wants to paint him holding a <laughs> fishing rod. Um, and so she sketches him out incredibly quickly. Yeah, um, yeah. Including somehow restoring painted parts of the canvas back to their natural white. Um, <laughs> um, and then she paints him, and and that's about it. Um, but then we get to see some more Eddie. Because he's on a boat and he's playing with his ball and Shawnee comes over and is jealous of the prediction. And instead of talking to her, Eddie uh, does the most in character thing by just being a big shithead. You you and I have very different takes on this scene, but continue. Really? He doesn't ever like actually be like, hey, this is your like. 
going to be fine. I'm not about to leave you for someone. Instead, he's like, well, maybe I am going to find my first love. What do you want to do about it? That's not how I remember it. That's kind of what it felt like to me. I don't know. I'm curious to get your read. Because all that's happened so far is, one, they've heard the fortune telling together. And then, two, he saw Lorna and then had a flashback. So what happens here is she comes up and she says, uh, she being Shawnee, says, oh, Mitch and mm-hmm. Hopi are out. I'm going to stay at their place because if you're supposed to meet your first true love, I don't need to get in your way. Eddie has already yeah. said at the fortune teller this like this is bullshit. And I've when she, when she said you're going to meet your first true love, he goes, I already met my first true love. It's Shawnee. And like it yeah. was said in a to me, he, it was said in a way where he's just like, I don't believe any of this. I love my girlfriend and fiance. Sorry. Uh, mm-hmm. I love my fiance and uh, yeah, fuck all this. So like he's already mm-hmm. established that he's like, I don't I'm not buying into this. Right. So then, yeah. she says you were supposed to say no, Shawnee, you're my first true love. But he's already said literally exactly that before. Sure. Right. But also, I mean, like, she's clearly going through something and like, I don't know. Sure. But she's punishing him for nothing. Like, like, yes, his response after this sucks. But yes, but the lead up to this is she just comes like, oh, timeline wise, all we've established is Mm -hmm. she had a feeling no, they were told a thing together. Eddie got mad that someone would say that and was like, no, I love my girlfriend. And she's like, mm-hmm. how dare you love me? I am going to passive aggressively stay at somebody else's house because you've not told me you're you, like, I'm your first true love, even though you already did. So he's just like sitting there going, uh, What? I, I yeah. mean, I've already told you I love you, and I already thought this whole thing was bullshit. So why why are we yeah. having this? So, but then afterwards, his response is like, "Okay, well, maybe I will go find her." That part sucks on him. Yes, he's being a yes. shithead. But Shawnee yes. is being a shithead in the beginning for punishing him. That's true for nothing. That's definitely true. Yeah, it, the two of them are just a shitty couple. Well, yeah, they're and both abusive people. Yes. Um. So, yeah, it's great that they're the focus of this episode. Oh, yeah. Um, I just love them. Love them so much. Wee! Um, but once he once he leaves the boat after telling Shawnee that, well, fuck you, I'm going to go find my one true love, uh, he walks by Lorna, the woman from earlier, and we get another <laughs> flashback to the two 15-year-olds thirsting over her. And, uh, Michael, what, what drink is Lorna drinking here? Uh... Oh, lemonade. That's right. And what does Eddie want? Why he wants a nice cold glass of lemonade. What? From Cool Cat. Oh, yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Um, Right. Come on. Yeah. uh, Look, I. uh, (laughs) Sorry. Clearly out of it. It's fine. It's fine. More more important is this scene in this scene is fifteen year old Eddie looking through the spying glass and just coming in front of his best friend or whatever, just straight, you know, onanning 
Onaning. Uh-huh. Um, because he's just making all these weird faces and just going, oh, uh, while watching her through the spying glass. I like all oh, lemonade or, um, yeah. And his friend says, I want some of that lemonade. And then he says, that's the difference between you and I. And the friend confirms, oh, yeah, you're not going to get with her. So he's clearly saying, I actually just wanted the lemonade. And I'm like, yeah, I respect that kid because I also always want lemonade. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's why you need to hang out with Eric Estrada more often. Baywatch Lemonade School with Eric Estrada. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It's simultaneously a podcast about Beyonce's Lemonade and Mm. Baywatch and Eric Estrada. When when life hands you lemons, hire Eric Estrada to be in your kids movie. Well, we should make a movie <laughs> and hire Eric Estrada. And yes, and and also let this is going to be a sentence I've never said before. And I don't think anyone else has ever said before. Um, OK, another lemonade famous celebrity. Uh, OK, Andy Milanakis. Oh, yeah, 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 totally. Because uh, uh, when life gives you lemons, make beef stew. Yeah, yeah. More and more people are saying this. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I got nothing. <laughs> There's like a bunch of weird Andy Milanakis jokes to be made there, but eh. yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, Eddie uh, deciding that he would, in fact, like a nice cold glass of lemonade <laughs> uh, goes to talk to Lorna on her porch and we don't get to hear the dialogue. Nope. Um, so we cut back to the present, and uh, it's totally not Lorna, you guys. Totally not. Um, and Eddie is just on her boat, like, messing with shit and insisting that it's her, and she is definitely hiding something. Right. Uh, spoiler, it is, in fact, Lorna. He 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 is like, no, you were there in the summer of 85 in Nantucket, Massachusetts. And she's like, I've never been there. And he's like, no, you don't get where Nantucket is. And I'm like, I think she does, <laughs> yeah. bro. I yeah. think she knows. Yeah, he straight up just like Bad Splains to her. He's like, we were on Nantucket Island. She's like, I've never been there. He's like, it's an island off Massachusetts, sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then we get to meet Roger, who will become important later. Um, and now we get a sad montage from Shawnee and Eddie. Oh, where they is just yours sad for a while? Um. I mean, it feels sad. I so I watched the remaster this week. Oh, you um, did. OK, because a uh, little inside baseball here. Um, my condo currently has a broken water pump somewhere in the condo building that is unable to be fixed at the moment. So roughly every uh, 30 to uh, 75 seconds, there's a beep and then a whir of water. Um, that is quite loud. Uh, so I am not recording from there today. Wait, wait. So, so I you, didn't have my normal setup. So can you hear this on all floors? Uh, I mean, doesn't I, matter. But I've I, only I, been on one floor. Yeah. So I don't OK, know. that's fair. So wait, it's, you hear the beep, the sound of rushing water. That's all day. That's yes. That's a extremely broken pump. Yeah, it sure is. For that uh, to happen. I. I went down to the front desk and asked them what the noise was. And they were like, yeah, 
we got an electrician in and they couldn't figure anything out. So we're getting the water guys in, but they can't be there until Monday. Why did they bring the electricians for the water pump? Were they going to do like know. shock the system? I have no idea. They couldn't even figure out what was causing the beeping, the electrician. So I'm hoping the water guy can fix it because God damn, is it annoying? I hope the water um, guy can literally turn into water. I don't know. The water guy. Right? I don't know what that means. <laughs> is he a water Pokemon trainer? Like what? Is he going to uh, throw a star you at, at the water pump and be like, ghost, <laughs> you shoot more water at the water. <laughs> Stop the beep. Yeah. Stop the beeping with your hyper beam. Um, star, you can't learn hyper beam. Uh, at least not in Gen yeah, 1 or 2. Yeah, how dare you, Michael? Uh, Staryu, I think, can learn Ice Beam, but not Hyper... I think, wait, Star Me can't... Anyways, this isn't a Pokemon. I have no yet. idea. I don't know anything about Pokemon. But this um, is a Weird Sack Smooth Jazz podcast, because that's what we got. Yeah, it is. Uh, you actually got to watch a remaster version and hear the original mm-hmm. song. So maybe this is time for you to again read an original song. Um, but in the original broadcast, this was Poison Girl by Chris Whitley. Uh, and instead, Ooh. we get Love Calling by Larry Antonino. Uh, yep, that's the one I heard. It's not good. No, it's... <laughs> I like some smooth jazz or, or like smooth blues stuff. Uh, like, I love Bobby Caldwell, but this does not fit in Baywatch. No. Um, so, uh, Morgan, please read these lyrics. All right. There's melody oh. deep inside my soul. Oh. It's about you and me listening to every word. Going all the way, together we will stay. Cause I hear love calling, just the sound of your name. Walking in the rain, I hear love calling. When I look into your eyes, I know that we will fly. We will fly, together we can fly. Cause I hear love calling. Morgan, uh... Don't take this yes, as an don't take this as an insult. Take this as a compliment. <laughs> take this as a compliment. Your, okay, okay. your sense of melody is very akin to the exact same sense of melody that got Tom Waits taken off the radio. <laughs> I you know, I gotta say, I never expected my singing to be compared to Tom Waits, and I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take it. You're very much Singing a tune that feels like it fits on swordfish trombones. Uh, it's just <laughs> a, a guy going, you know what? I don't I, I know conventional melody. Not going to go mm-hmm. for it. Uh, ah, see, that's the difference between uh, you and Tom Waits. <laughs> me and Tom Waits is that uh, I don't know melody. You've heard a song before. Actually, I don't know. With your electric ears, I don't know <laughs> what what the dance kids listen to. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Your electric ears. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> it feels very much like uh, Grandma's Boy, where it's like, I don't have robot ears. I can't hear oh, this music. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um... But after after this montage, uh, a kid shows up 
and gives Eddie a painting from a woman by the jetty. And it's the painting from 85, and the woman is Lorna, and she's standing very suspiciously on some rocks. <laughs> this episode, I don't know if you've noticed, has decided to really, really go all in on one thing that they've never done before, which is overly artistic zoom-ins. Yes. Oh, it's so good. It's so um, weird. I don't know why they chose this now, but like they do all I these weird no idea. like zoom ins. And this is one of those times where they just like zoom in on her and you're like, the fuck is she wearing? Like no one's really going to recognize her. You have to. Yeah. She's, she put on like a, a scarf over her head and she's wearing the sunglasses. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you stand out about as much as Mason Sato did in the middle of the beach. Yeah. Just wearing like weird Zubaz pants like this. Or the the fucking uh, the begs and what's his face from. Oh, Lost yeah. Treasure of Tower 12. Yeah. Where they're wearing like fucking black hoodies in the middle of <laughs> summer on the beach. What do you? I look like grease all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to make your mom more mad by by not doing potentially <laughs> the right play, musical, whatever. Well, but that is the right one. Shit. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think of what a good pull would have been there, but rent. I don't know. I should, I'm gonna say like, yeah, eh, those outfits feel on point for rent too. I could have just said maybe like Les Mis. Les Mis doesn't have. Oh, that's the joke. Yes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I I forgot my own joke. <laughs> I. And speaking of musicals, I've been watching, uh, or I started watching Schmigadoon. Ooh, how is it? Uh, it's overly camp. Love it. Overly sure. musical. Love it. Sure. Overly sure. Keegan-Michael Key. So love it. Hell yeah. Um, it's good. I dig it. Um, nice. And I mean, look, anything that has um, Alan Cummings in it, I'm going to love it. Uh, Hell yes. Uh, half... Fifty uh, percent of Kristen Chenoweth vehicles are great, and the other half suck. This is one of the good yes. ones. Uh, awesome! It seems like so far. Uh, um, so yeah, that's that's a plus. Nice. I I did start watching Crazy Ex Girlfriend finally. Oh well. Uh. So I have thoughts on the show, which I will explain okay. right now. Um, I am I am three episodes in, so I probably don't have context for what you're about to say. No, you will. Um, Okay. Which is, I like the show, and I love musicals. Mm-hmm. Like, I love, love musicals. Part of the mm-hmm. problem is with the show is, it is mostly, uh, how do I say this? It is mostly describing, you know, someone who is clearly, um, ha- has a problem. Uh, like, not, sure. a behavioral problem and something else. Um, sure. Um and sometimes it chooses to accurately do it, and other times it does not accurately choose to do mm, it. Uh, okay, gotcha. And there's times where I'm like, I know I'm supposed to enjoy this character and I hate them, and then there's times where it's like, I know I'm supposed to hate this character and I enjoy them, and it just mm. like flip-flops for me. I still like the show a lot, and I think season one and two are just are really, really darn good. And I think as it goes on, I just like get a little bit more t- 
tired and annoyed of like the small inconsistencies that I feel mm-hmm. like there are in her portrayal. Uh, and I love Rachel Bloom. I think Rachel Bloom is fantastic. Oh, yeah. And, like, look, I went to see Crazy Ex-Girlfriend live, you know. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, a few years... This was, like, four years ago, I think I went to. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, by the way, like, packed show. Oh, my God. The amount, of, the amount of people in one room who knew all the lyrics to, the, to a song about having heavy boobs... Was crazy, um, um, but yeah, I, I I'll be interested to hear your thoughts as you go through the show uh, because mm-hmm. I think you may encounter some of the same issues as me, um, but maybe you won't, and maybe it'll just be like it's fine. I don't know. There, I've heard opinions from all sides. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely very curious to watch more of it. I've I've been watching it with a friend, and I yeah, I'm curious to see. Have, oh, it is. Have they seen it though. Yes, uh, they are rewatching it with me oh, and mm. um, So yeah, I'm curious. Okay. Um, but now let's get back to the much worse show that we are still talking about. Um, <laughs> Which one? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so Eddie goes to talk to Lorna, and Shawnee sees this from her tower and is very jealous. And then Lorna explains why she lied, but it feels like a bunch of bullshit. Um, but I forget even what her explanation is. Her, as, um, her explanation is that, um, one, Roger doesn't know everything about her past. And two, mm-hmm. she's on the run. Yeah. It's kind of nothing. Yeah. Oh, well, it's kind of nothing, but also the point of the episode. Exactly. <laughs> um... But so Shawnee is like, well, Rosalind knows what she's doing. Let me take the painting to her because it touched Lorna. And that's how Rosalind works. Um, oh, is that what so Rosalind to do? Oh, yeah. That's why they had to bring the baseball, because Rosalind needs to touch something uh, of the person that she I thought eating. she was touching it because Eddie has touched it. I don't know. Oh, it's, maybe it was because I, Eddie I, has touched it. Either way, know. it's all bull. Yeah. Um, but Rosalind is like, there's danger. Mortal danger. Combat! Um, <laughs> a fucking <laughs> great <laughs> James Bond <laughs> <spin> <laughs> <off>. <laughs> And it's like, Eddie is going to have to represent <laughs> Earth in Mortal Kombat. And I'd be like, holy shit, best show ever. Oh my god. god. That would be so oh. good. Oh my god. That would be so good. It's just like Eddie staring at people going like, wow, look at that guy. He throws fireballs. <laughs> just him being like, I have to do that? I ain't doing that. Fuck Earth. And he just like walks away. <laughs> oh, it would be so good. Yeah. They should have gotten Billy Warlock. Oh mm-hmm. my god. That would have been so much better. I mean, it's already yeah. the best movie ever made. I don't know what we're talking about here, but would have been better. Yeah. Um, but uh, Rosalind is like, Lauren is going to try and kill Eddie. Um, so Shawnee takes the painting to Garner and is like, a psychic told me there might be a murder. <laughs> you need to go arrest this woman. Um, and Garner's like, uh, no, that's not how that works. 
Um, which is maybe the best policing we've ever seen on this show. No, he's done um, a few other things where he's just like, I can't just, he said to Mitch, like, I can't just arrest some, I, I can't just arrest Mason Sato because you don't like Yeah, him. that's true. Uh, that's what Garner um, seems to just do a lot is, guys, I can't just arrest people for this reason, but yeah. I'm going to try. <laughs> Um, I also want to highlight the most important part of this scene, which is Garner's shirt. I loved it and I want it. It's a great shirt. Let me highlight the second most important part of this scene, which is that um, Shawnee's here because she's like, hey, take a look. Maybe you can find something I can't find out. Also, I have totally found her car and have taken down her driver's license or her, her license plate number, wrote it down, and I'm here giving it to you. I'm like, how do you know which car is hers? Yeah, right. <laughs> like you've already done more work than Garner could do. Mm-hmm. Like I yeah. Uh, this, this, this episode Fucking is bogus. Ahab. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that too. Yeah. Yes. Um. But now uh, we go back to Eddie, who is on Lorna's boat looking sad. Um, And then we flash back to Eddie doing chores for Lorna and finally getting to drink some lemonade. (laughs) Um, And then she starts hitting on 15 year old Eddie and back in the present. And it's implied that they slept together. Um, so then we get to see Lorna teaching Eddie how to dance, and then she gets a phone oh, call with oh. bad news. Wait, wait, before that, we should add mm-hmm. that one of the the extra ways they imply this in the present is that she says, do you still like oysters? And I'm like, aren't yeah. those an aphrodisiac? Uh, yes. And I'm like, what is happening here? Ugh, it was so uncomfortable because she is clearly an adult woman and he is a 15 year old boy who she has seduced. Um, so that's cool and fun. I think what we're learning here is that the Burke family, uh, they're a menace and they need to stop. Yes. Yes. <laughs> they just need to stop. Yeah. They really do. They need to be stopped. Uh, I think we did by ending by canceling Baywatch. <laughs> I think we stopped them there. Um, but yeah, she gets a phone call with some bad news and Eddie goes to comfort her. And I did appreciate that he is appropriate levels of awkwardness for a 15 year old boy. Yep. Um, and then she starts making out with this 15 year old child, Mm -hmm. um, because this show is good and not horrible. I'm going to cut you on that. Mm hmm. Hod. Um, and then we cut to later in the evening where they have clearly just fucked and are relaxing afterwards where Eddie fell asleep and he's like, do I have to leave? And she's like, yeah, you do. And he's like, but it's not even morning. She's like, fuck you, dip. She's um, like, it's 930. <laughs> Which I thought was really funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then he goes to leave, but then he's watching uh, her house and OK, so I need to ask you something, Michael. Um, oh, no. Okay. Were you paying close attention when Eddie is talking to Lorna in the doorway as he's leaving? Uh, not really. Fuck. Um, 
because there is, if you pay close attention, behind Lorna, in the doorway, very clearly, a man's head laying there, watching Eddie. This does not come back. It's not relevant to anything. And I just want to know what the fuck is going on. Wait, 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 wait. So, wait. What? <laughs> Say this again. Yeah. Describe this. Okay. So, so we've got Lorna standing in the doorway telling Eddie it's time to leave. We've got Eddie standing in front of her outside of the house saying, but I don't wanna. Um, and then behind Lorna's leg, we have a uh, slightly fuzzy man's face just on a bed in the background oh, on I'm the sure, floor. I'm sure it's a cameraman. Probably. I'm sure that's what it is, but it's just weird that you can actually see him. I'm sure they just didn't fully edit it, and they're like, "We only got yeah. one, we only got one take. We we can't yeah. we can't recreate you know erotic tension like this." I just kept thinking it was going to be something like that. We could have been something. A <laughs> <laughs> I could have been a contender. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Eddie does eventually leave, and then hides behind a fence and watches her door. And then we go back to the present and we learn that the bad news was that her affair partner broke up with her uh, and she keeps talking about how much she really liked being watched, watched by this 15 year old child um, that she just slept with the uh, wife of the director and writer of this episode. Wife of the future. OK, yeah. <laughs> um, but then. Uh, we go back to the flashback and we saw see that Eddie saw a guy enter the house. That's less important. Left. Like, I know that's important to the plot of the episode, but that's less mm -hmm. important than the fact that they state that Eddie stood there for an hour. Yeah. What the yeah. fuck? Yep. Dude, yeah. you, how you must have been cold. Like, go home. Yeah. But then Garner calls Shawnee to tell her that Lorna murdered Philip back in 85. Shawnee is like, oh, no, that seems bad because Eddie's hanging out with her. Um, and then we get to see Eddie be sad on the beach for a little while. Um, and then finally he comes home to find Shawnee asleep. But she wakes up because he's there. Yay. Um and she asks Eddie where he was, and he was like, I was just out thinking. Um, and then she's like, well, but Lorna murdered Philip. And Eddie's like, no, -uh, I was hanging out with her and she slept with me when I was a 15 year old child. Uh, so she wouldn't murder someone. Um, so I'm going to go investigate. OK, I'm Eddie. Two things. One. Mm -hmm. At this point, this scene that you're describing I had the yes. realization of that we were 30 minutes into this episode and I was like, what yep. the fuck? How have 30 minutes gone by? Nothing has happened. Um, mm -hmm. Secondly, uh, another scene where my takeaway is what the fuck, Shawnee? Uh, Shawnee yes. gets upset because Rosalind was right about Lorna being his first true love. Not the fact. Yeah, that's what she says. Not that Eddie went and met her, but that. He had a first true love. And Eddie yeah. goes, come on, I was 15. Mm -hmm. And it's like, mm -hmm. you can't control this. 
Shawnee, why are you being such a horrible person? Why are you yeah. being an Eddie Kramer? Because this is an Eddie yeah. Kramer thing to do. Uh, mm-hmm. They both suck, but. Yes. Shawnee sucks yeah. a lot this episode. Yeah. Um, But Eddie goes to confront Lorna and she gives a lot of very specific details about Philip's murder. Um, and it's very clear that she did it. And she's like, the police won't believe me that I'm framed. And Eddie's like, why didn't you tell them that I was there? She was like, because then I would have to tell the police I slept with a 15 year old, which, hey, maybe that's a reason to not sleep with a 15 year old, as well as uh, many, many, many others. Look, don't um, look, oh, Morgan, you just have to excuse things you do when you're, you know, upset. Yes, you know? Sometimes, it was the 80s. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, technically, yeah, it was 85. You see, Morgan, mm-hmm. when I'm upset, uh, what I typically do is I just uh, fuck my copy of the book The Ringer. Uh, <laughs> and I just can't help. Would wh- you say, would you say that you run it through The Ringer? I mean, yeah, but that's not necessarily what that book is about, but okay. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, like... Um, you know, I just can't control what I do when I'm upset. And sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, I just need to, uh, you know, use the power of the ringer instead of going on X videos and watching Baywatch <laughs> softcore porn parodies, you know? <laughs> exactly. I don't like the fact that my, in quotes, character on this podcast has become hornier <laughs> instead of like this weird repressed person. Like, I don't like it. I need to go back to that character. Listen, if you want to, you know, shave your hair into a trauncher and what? take up the monastic life instead of the onastic life, I'm not going to stop you. I mean, I could, <laughs> but that would mean shaving um, True. hair. And I don't, can I be one of those like, Puritans with hair. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, one of those famous Puritans with hair. Yeah, they were called the Heretics. No, they were called Heretics. I hate, I also hate that my actual self has become the person who makes jokes like these. I hate it. Oh, I love it so much. I love it so much. Someone Um, someone told me today that they went to, they were in a jack-in-the-box Mm-hmm. And they went and they got like a burger and they, they ate it and they found like this long hair that wasn't theirs. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, this is mm-hmm. horrible. You know, really ruined my day. And I was like, wow, you know what you should have done? You should have had some hair of the dog. And they're like, I hate you. I hate everything you stand for. <laughs> I regret this friendship. And I was like, it's not my fault. You can blame Morgan, yeah. a person you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I am happy to be a scapegoat. Good. Uh, Let's see. Next up, we have Garner, Harvey and Shawnee at Rosalind's getting a reading. And she tells them about Lorna's boat in the most confusing way possible, (laughs) because that's how you know she's a psychic. Um, And then she says, I see the number two and it's not a good number for Harvey. Mm hmm. Which is because he is a piece of shit. Uh, yeah okay yeah that's a good one okay yeah yeah okay i like that thank you but then it it cuts to the boat Uh, she says she uh she sees eddie 
on stage, on center stage. And so they cut to a boat called Center Stage 2, but center is spelled with an S. And in my notes, I wrote, fuck this. (laughs) Yes. This episode is stupid. Michael Burke needs to stop writing. Yeah. Um, But yeah, we cut to Center Stage 2, where Eddie is on the boat with Lorna and Roger and flashing back to the night where Roger entered into the house uh, because he was the suspicious man that Eddie saw going into Lorna's house. And then we realize that Roger must have seen him. And then Roger tries to run away and gets on a scarab. And uh, then we get the only funny joke Harvey has ever done in his entire run on Baywatch. Whoa, 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 whoa. I would agree. However, there is evidence on this podcast that you disagree with that. Really? Okay. What other joke did I like? There are a few times in the Gilligan's Island episode. One. Okay. Where he has the hot dog delivery. This is even before they enter in the Gilligan Island part where he has a hot dog delivery thing to him and he makes some joke about, I should call it this. And I was like, the joke is fucking stupid. And you're like, this is the best joke ever of all time. Then. Okay, I do remember that. That was a good joke. No, it wasn't. And then Harvey. It was a good joke. (laughs) And then Harvey's. It's a good joke. Harvey's jokes in the in. While he's playing the professor, you were like, these are great. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I want to. Yeah, but that's that's w- not even really Harvey. It, it sort of is. Uh, I'm going to give him I'm going to give him the, the hot dog joke and I'm going to give him this joke. Um, and this is not even a joke. This is just that he runs down the pier chasing after uh, Roger and eats shit. It's and so it's funny. Very funny. It's very good. <laughs> He trips and just fucking beefs it. Yeah. Um, and it's so funny. Um, I feel like they they knew it's like we got to we got to take Harvey out in a way that. Oh, just, yeah. We got to give it all. And us. like, wow, comic relief really shining through. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Eddie catches up to Roger and grabs a rope behind him and is jet skiing on his shoes behind Roger's boat. Uh, and then eventually that must be Roger hard falls off the boat. That must be yeah. really fucking hard for this stunt double like that Eddie has in this scene. Yeah, it's very clearly not Eddie. Yes. Um, but eventually Roger falls off and then Eddie punches him in the face, knocking him out and then rescues him. And then we go back to the headquarters where Garner gives us an exposition dump about how Roger was Philip's partner and was jealous of everything Philip had, including Lorna. And then we go outside. <laughs> Fun of fact. Ro- Ro- <laughs> I'm going to regret this joke. It's a stupid oh, joke. Oh, boy. Yes, I see. yes Michael. Ro- Roger also is just really in the MILFs. That's, oh, the, that's the joke. God. That's the joke. It's, it's a stupid joke. <laughs> I already regret it. It is. Um, um, but Lorna and Eddie are outside of headquarters and, uh, they flirt a whole bunch more and it's very uncomfortable because they keep talking about the time when Lorna slept with Eddie when he was a 15 year old child, yep. um, because this show is bad. Yep. Um, but then, and then, and then Garner takes Lorna away. Yeah. And, and then Harvey, yes. Harvey shows up with some bandages on his ribs. Would you, would you like to read the line? Oh, sure. 
I mean, I don't have it written down. Oh, well, I do. Don't worry. Perfect. I have, I have every line if I need to. I got two broken ribs from trying to save Bruce Howard 2 from the dock where the center stage 2 was moored. Right? What? Because they said the number 2 is bad for you, right? Right. So everything oh. is 2. Um, now, my yeah. assumption, so Harvey has his ribs bandage up. My assumption here is he literally died, and that is why he never comes back again. Like, he just God, loses too much blood, and they're just like, you get it? Too much blood? Um, oh. <laughs> and I fucking hate myself. And mm-hmm. uh, this just, <laughs> he just, he dies. But no one cares, because yeah. no one likes him in the first place, so they're fine with him dying. Exactly. Um, but then we have one last little scene, which is Shawnee and Eddie walking on the beach, talking about their future and how they don't want to think about the past. And then they make out with the sun behind them. And we cut to credits because thank God season two is fucking over. So before we get to ratings, Mm -hmm. I want to read to you two reviews. Sure. From IMDb. Mm-hmm. One from Sandcrab277 and one co- one from Sandcrab722. Yes! I was hoping this is what it would be. Um, Sandcrab277, on the 2nd of August 2019, gave this episode a 1 out of 10 and said, This is one of the worst episodes of this series ever produced. It's obviously a Michelle Burke wet dream, and she plays a role herself. What a space waster for a season finale. Boo hiss. Okay. okay. Sand Crab 722 on the 10th of June 2021 gave it a mm-hmm. 10 out of 10. Wow. Um, and says, a frisky romantic romp through yesteryear. Nostalgia for his <laughs> first love who suddenly reappears causes acute consternation. What? All carefully intertwined okay. in a delicate, intricate, unsolved murder mystery. Hey, Mickey, this episode is so fine. It's so fine. It blows my mind. Hey, Mickey. <laughs> okay, that's a fucking good joke. It's a good joke, but this episode is not a... T- Every episode, Sandcrab722 gives a 10 out of 10. Couldn't be more different from Sandcrab277. Uh, Michael, Michael. If you are Sandcrab722 legal, you have to tell me. <laughs> I'm not. That's from June. Otherwise, otherwise, it's triple jeopardy, and that's a crime. I'm going to make a new one called Sandcrab772. Uh, no. <laughs> it's going to be Sandcrab775. It's going to be Sandcrab722227. San or 227. Which is one that they haven't done because there's 277 and 722. Mm. They haven't done 227. Um, and every episode is just going to go, it's going to be like 5 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, not enough <laughs> David Hasselhoff with a shirt off or something like that. I don't know. So the, I mean, fair. Uh, speaking of which, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the end of this episode. So, first off, let's talk, let's do a rating for this episode. One out of 10, one is ruining your food so bad the smoke alarm goes off. 10 is getting your boy to David Hasselhoff to talk to you about Wuthering Heights. And yes, we will have a new rating mm-hmm. system next season. But Morgan, how would you rate this? Um, I am going to give this episode a three. Mm. No, I'm going to give this episode a two, actually. Um, it's bad. Um, 
and it didn't make me want to watch more Baywatch. Um, and I didn't like watching it. Um, it was not well written. It was not particularly funny. They excused statutory rape because the victim was a man. Um, and it's bad. It We started season two on a real low note, and I'm uh, glad to see that we are ending season two on a real low note. Um, the only redeeming factor of this episode was Harvey eating shit <laughs> while he was chasing down the pier. Um I am going to say that a two is the experience of going into season two with high, high hopes and then having them just be systematically crushed by almost every single episode of season two. Uh, Michael, how about you? Uh, I'm going to give this a two and I'm going to say that that is having high hopes, but also being Pete Buttigieg. Um, (laughs) No, uh, I know I do actually get this a two. I think this is a horrible episode. Uh, Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel like a one to me just because it went by so fast. It wasn't like the most prodding slow episode, but it is one of the more uh, fuck this, you know, episodes of Baywatch because of the statutory rape stuff uh, with uh, with a minor. Um, God, that's. So bad. And Michelle. Oh, so the scene I mentioned earlier is when Michelle Burke gets the call that it's like Philip died. She just makes mm-hmm. like seven or eight faces in five seconds. And it's one of the worst acting performances I have ever seen uh, because she's yeah. like, I don't know what to do with my face. So I'm just going to do literally everything ever. It's so bad. Her acting is not great in this episode. Um, no, it really isn't. It's it's I mean. 15 uh, year old Eddie is also bad, but shockingly, B- Billy Warlock acts like acts his fucking socks off comparison in a comparison to her, uh, which is an unfortunate statement um, because he doesn't mm-hmm. always act as Eddie. He is sometimes no. acted as Eddie, but he did not really act that much in this episode. But he did more than Michelle. Um, yeah. For what do I think a two really is? I don't know. I feel like a two could be the experience of being Pete Buttigieg. Yeah. Well, I mean, shouldn't that be a one? Yeah, that's true. At least you have high hopes. Um, true. That bumps and it his up. husband's cute. So ah, that counts. I'll count that. I'll count that. Yeah, I'll count that. I'll count that. Uh, <laughs> now, Morgan, let's also do a rating for season two. On a scale of one to ten, how would you rate season two of Baywatch? Man, that's a good question. I hadn't thought about this, um, which I probably should have. How know. about this? I'll give you some time. I know I already have thought about this. All right. Yeah, go ahead. Because I'm the one asking the question. Uh, next time you'll ask the question and I'll have to think about mm-hmm. it. Uh, uh, I would give this season a four out of ten um, because... There were some good episodes. Um, there's yeah. one or two episodes that are there's like a string of episodes that are really good or that are good. And then really good with uh, uh, War of Nerves with Mason Sato. Yeah. Just like totally really enjoyable television for me. And uh, so, you know, that bumps up a few points or bumps it up. And then you have to subtract all these points for like the early seat parts of the season, which are just woof like there's parts of the the back half of the season that are bad, but they're not necessarily uh-huh. bad 
I mean, this episode is just trash, but there's like parts that are not bad because it's like there's some underlying reason other than it's bad television. The first yeah. half is like it's racist, it's sexist, there's rape, there's like mm-hmm. shitty fat phobia. Uh, mm-hmm. There's all sorts of things are, are like never, ever should have flied ever flown. No. Uh, Flynn ever. Uh, <laughs> Michael Flynn. <laughs> uh Oh, God, I don't think I'm Michael Flynn in that Q conference <laughs> video. Oh, oh God, it was so good. Uh, um, but yeah, I I think this is I mean, I don't think many would disagree. This season is worse than season one by far. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, season one was a much more enjoyable season of Baywatch. And I'm led to believe season three is going to be a lot more like season one, if not better. Um, I sure hope so. Um at least wackier and i am for wacky and yeah so but i this is the kind of show where uh, if if i hadn't known that baywatch continued to go i would have thought that it would have been canceled at the end of this season because this season sucked it was yeah just hard to watch it's not necessarily an enjoyable tv show to watch in a lot of the season Mm -hmm. and i really can't wait just for all the camp to come into this show. That's what God, I want yeah. to see. And I want to see more like fun Hasselhoff instead of whatever the fuck we got. Uh, yeah. And um, luckily, next ep- starting next episode, we're going to get characters who will just be there for seasons upon seasons. Iconic wow. characters. And in fact, technically, after episode one of uh, season three, we could technically know all the characters we need to for the Baywatch 2017 movie. Oh, wow. Um, huh. But, uh, and they do an original story about like a drug warlord or something on the beach. Uh, gotcha. So we could, after this, do that at any time. However, at the end of season three, we may transition into talking about a different, more hulky Show. (laughs) Um, Morgan, what were your thoughts on the season? Well, brother. um, (laughs) Yes. I. (laughs) You uh, you may be four wacky, but uh, I think I am three wacky um, because (laughs) I'm going to give this season a three. Um, That was so dumb. Thank you. Um, I hated this season. I think there were very few redeeming qualities of it. I agree with basically everything you just said. They kept finding new ways to be racist and sexist and defending statutory rape. Uh, Which, honestly, I'm shocked that they keep figuring out new ways to do it. Like, holy crap, I didn't know you could do that. Yep. Oh, no, I did, but I didn't. It's deeply upsetting. Mm. Um... But yeah, I'm going to I'm going to give this whole season a three and I'm I'm really hoping season three picks things back up. And again, you know, I've heard it's better. So here's here's hoping I just want to get back to I want to get back to shit like um, like Mitch being trapped in a ravine because of a hang glider and then getting bit by a snake and being cranky to Craig while Craig tries to bandage him like that shit was fun. Give me more of that. Give me less of this like. Shawnee has to go be the white savior of all these urban youths. Like, fuck off. 
This isn't your lane, Baywatch. Just just stick to the fluff. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's uh, that's my feelings on season two. Well, um, mm-hmm. oh, no, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, like, I mean, it sounds like you're doing a direct lead into talking about what our next episode is. But sure. Am. else to say, please. No, I was about to suggest that you read the description for season three, episode one. So. We're going to start off with a two-parter, uh, which is River of No Return. Now, I'm mm-hmm. going to warn you, it's going to be wild. Okay. It's going to be wild. Okay? Mm-hmm. Here's the plot for part one. Okay. Mitch Buchanan. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Let me do the Baywatch wiki first. Uh, okay. Just before we do IMDb. I'm going to leave parts out of this Baywatch, out of the Baywatch wiki description, so that it becomes okay. better in the IMDb description. All right. Eddie and Shawnee are having problems in their relationship. Mitch finds out that his uncle may have found some treasure and goes to Northern California, where he bumps into an old friend and former lifeguard from Baywatch, C.J. Parker. Okay, so that's the Baywatch wiki description. Here is the INDB description. Mitch Buchanan, Hobie, Eddie and Shawnee traveled to Northern California's rugged gold country with CJ as our guide to investigate the death of Mitch's prospector uncle. What? Mm-hmm. Where they find an old treasure map leading to a valuable golden boot along a rough river. Back at Baywatch, two new recruits show up for rookie training season who are the wealthy and spoiled teen Matt Brody and lower class swim champion Summer Quinn, who moves to California okay. with her divorced single mother looking to escape from an abusive past. That sounds like a sweaty premise. Sweaty? Uh, there's a lot going on. Yes. Well, I mean, it is a two-parter. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, but, okay, a lot to take in there, especially uh, Mitch having a prospector uncle um, mm-hmm. who dies. Uh, great. Um, but, yeah, this will get us introduced to, you know, mainstays. So we'll get Pamela Anderson, who plays C.J. Parker. We'll get uh, Kelly Slater, We'll get uh, Nicole Eggert, who plays Summer Quinn. Uh, we'll get another new character in part two. Um, but then uh, we also get David Charvet, who plays Matt Brody. So we're going to get a lot of characters who are just like big, important characters who people remember from this show in its heyday. So it's mm-hmm. going to be exciting. Um, and I'm very excited to finally get into season three. And also we're going to have, you know, new stuff for you know, we're gonna you know have guests and we're gonna try and be more interested in this show <laughs> <laughs> yeah season two was rough everybody like look it really was it almost broke us a couple of times it did it did <laughs> i mean we were very honest about how it broke us and there were oh yeah some episodes that morgan may have loved that i wanted to end this podcast over uh <laughs> Well, luckily, Michael, we only have another nine seasons to go. Well, we also have <laughs> Baywatch Nights and Thunder in Paradise. So. True, true. Um, we have more than that. God. But yeah, I mean, I guess unless you've got any parting thoughts on this episode or season two, we can we can wrap this thing up. Uh, I tried to research anything about season two, and I really couldn't find anything that hadn't already been said. So once yeah. we get to season three, I mean, there'll be a lot more said. Something I do think sure. uh, is worth talking about, though, is before season three came out, right after season two came out, 
Uh, there was aired only in the UK um, a Summerfest special, which is mm-hmm. an interview with some of the cast of season three, talking to them about things to expect. Uh, and it also does a history of lifeguards in general. It's like, here is a history of lifeguards in California. Here's why lifeguards are so important. Uh, here's you meeting some of the cast and here's just like interviews. It's actually really cool. It's like 25, 30 minutes. It's on YouTube. Uh, yeah. Big recommend on watching that. But other than that, yeah, stay tuned for season trace. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, then I guess uh, I guess all that's left to say is thank you all so much for listening, not only to this episode of Baywatch Rookie School, but to all of season two of Baywatch Rookie School. Baywatch Nookie School. What? Baywatch Nookie School. Oh, yeah. Baywatch Nookie School. Look, you listened <laughs> for the Nookie. I get it. It's true. It for the Nookie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you want to find us... <laughs> If you want to find us on Twitter, our show handle is not Limp Biscuit. It is at Rookie School Pod. I'm at Morgan P. Thrap. I'm at Limp Biscuit. I'm at. <laughs> I'm at Snotsnit. S N O T S N I T. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. And uh, just remember hips, lips, and fuck season two. Thank God we're done. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs>